Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Derek Zoolander, Centre for Children Who Can't Read Good and Want to Learn to Do Other Good <laughs> Stuff too. I'm your host, Derek Zoolander, and joining me tonight is fake Gary Neville, and of course, Tim Lizzie. <laughs> How are we all? <laughs> Welcome along to the Winners and Losers podcast this week. It's great to have you all along. Um, where am I going? Yeah, so I'm hosting this week. Gav has decided to take a day off because he's still sobering himself up after Saturday's golf event spectacular that raised lots of money for Failicon that's out there. Um, yeah, somebody's asked, am I still doing my makeup? Yeah, there'll be somebody along quite soon to do my eyelashes and also my lips as I get ready for the weekend. Uh, tonight, we're going to focus on um, winners and losers, which is the focus of the show, hence why we named it. Uh, although for that ep- epic intro, I don't know what to else do. So, Ray Dickinson, how are you? I'm okay. Massively distracted by um, the, uh, the uh, Australia versus Peru penalty shootout, which has just finished. Is that a is that a full on? Is that actually does that count? Is that a that was the last, that was the last World Cup spot that was up for grabs, and uh, Australia won the the shootout five four. So there you go, they're the last Super. ones in, and that's why you're a lace. So you can tell all that's the listeners, late, yeah, watching, <laughs> you didn't come on because you're watching <laughs> the game of football. Phenomenal, right? Peace, great to see you. How are you getting on, fella? Good to see you, brother. Good to see you. Rocking, rocking that uh, 1989 Guns N' Roses headband. Loving it. Absolutely loving it. This year's fashion. The 80s are back. That's all you have to remember. <laughs> you never left. Seems luck, is it? I tell you now, I have a massive cut in my head, so I'm just covering it up that way. Um, I got it. 
no. <laughs> <laughs> right, what are we going to talk about today, this week, um, the whole lot? Uh, I've got loads to talk about towards the back end of the show because the War Games is approaching very fast and very soon. And that's the most important thing. So that's why I'm hosting tonight because I couldn't be arsed with winners and losers. There's been lots of international football. The only thing I, want, I wanted to talk about, I'm not allowed to talk about, so I'm not going to talk about it. Um, so what I'm going to do first is go to my main man, Gary Neville tonight. Gary, uh, what's your winner for the week? Oh, sorry. I'm just sorry. I've been distracted. I've, sorry, I've been corrected. Apparently, there's one more World Cup spot up, up for grabs. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. The eagle. There's always one eagle-eyed viewer, isn't there? Who's uh, ready to pull you up? Anyway, there's um, seventy teams in the World Cup this year. I think FIFA made a new rules. <laughs> um, what were you asking for? My winner. Yeah, yeah. Give us your winner. Go on. Well, my winner is. Um, Darwin Nunes, um, a.k.a. Uh, the new Andy Carroll, potentially, as we were discussing beforehand, Phil. You rob, you rob my thunder. You rob my thunder. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm, look, I'm, I'm devastated, mate. Devastated. I'll park that, but I'll... Uh, no, I'll, I'll start with Darwin Nunes. Look, he's... Um, He's become the uh, the new uh, poster boy in some ways, hasn't he, for us? I mean, people absolutely mad for this transfer uh, drawn out over the course of about, what, five days. Um, the, the, you know, the, the, there was no let up in the tweets. There was a little bit of a twist and turn towards the end um, in Man United's sort of tenuous links there um and a lot of people have had a lot of fun with with that um just by making if he did have a choice just by making that choice to reject man united alone is 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 good enough reason to call him a winner because who'd really want to go to that uh shit show right now with what's going on um and it, you know just another indication of the sign of the times you know um you know, flip flipping the script completely on on the likes of Man United now. Um, by uh, you know, you could genuinely see uh, if if United come in for a player, and we're we're in the family in discussions. Why you know they wouldn't want to go there? No Champions League football. You know, start of a a, a really big rebuild on the horizon. Whereas what he's coming to now is. And you can kind of make so it's it's funny in some ways. You could you could make links to some players who've gone a similar profile, who've gone you know big reputation in one of the sort of not the top tier leagues in Europe, going for big fees to the likes of say a West Ham or a Newcastle or something like that. And they're they're there and they're kind of paraded and they're kind of on a pedestal from day one, needing to perform, needing to bang in goals. You know, the very first appearances dissected on match of the day and all this sort of stuff. Whereas actually what he's coming into as a you know as a as a as a next step in his career, he's coming into an environment where you know, he, he doesn't have to be the main man from day one. We've already got a main man or main men, really, haven't we? We've got, you know, assuming Salah's still there. We've got Luis Diaz. We've got Jota. Um, we've got plenty of a supporting cast for him to be able to e- be eased in to our to our squad and to potentially a little bit of a rotation early doors. So, like, he's a big he's a big winner. He's going to be adored from day one. Um uh, I, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of these um, kind of links on social media that I've seen. These pictures of um, 
Luis Suarez, who, as you pointed out, Phil, does look like he's now being presented as a ghost. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I had to quickly Google, was he actually, you know, (laughs) you made that comment. A few hours ago, I had to do a quick Google just in case something bizarre had happened. Uh, but this typical, I mean, it's kind of the funnier side, isn't it, of some of the Liverpool fan base, really. Um, we go to some of the extremes on some of this stuff. But um, look, it's exciting. We all like the shiny new thing. Um, he is going to be much anticipated. Uh, we'll get on to other aspects of his transfer, no doubt, and how much it seems to have kind of really got the opposition fan base wound up over over the, 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 the fees and all this sort of stuff. But the reality is um, it's, a, it's a transfer to get excited about. Um, there is, I'm not, I'm going to declare it now and, you know, you can probably expand upon it, Phil. There is that nag and doubt in the back of your mind that at some point, you know, we've done so well with these forwards that we've brought in at some point, you know, the next failure is around the corner. Let's just hope it's not this one. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna sit on the optimistic side of the fence for the time being. Yeah, I look, you know, from what I've seen of him, I he looks he looks to be a better player than Andy Carroll, right? But there's the, 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 you know everyone history always exp- uh, like the, there's no better sight than hindsight. Um uh, some people have, but at the end of the day when when Carroll signed there was all the compilations of the type of goals he was scoring going around that made him out to look like Fernando Torres as well, right? And that's the biggest red flag that went out for me is the amount of comparisons that went out. There was, look what this fella is. He's the next Torres. Look at, look at the, he scores all the same goals and he does all the same things and it's the exact same thing. Phenomenal. If, if it's true, brilliant. Can I, hopefully it is. Hopefully everything goes on. The part for me is I just can't, every time I see the figure, the, the shape, everything, and his feet are just miles too big. It's like the one that that <laughs> it's like when you look at how large his feet are, it's like it's it's just way too big. It just looks like Krusty the Clown. Do you remember from The Simpsons when they uh, used to stand on the on the feet were just miles too big? They go at some stages, you know, as a striker, strikers have nice little dainty feet so that they can bat, wrap the ball around and, and all that type of. Suarez has only a size three, as we know. So it's like it's 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 important to have small dainty feet instead of these large. Now center halves need to have barges at the end of their legs, right? But mm-hmm. center forwards need to have dainty feet, and it's just I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm hope, hoping from what we've seen and what he did in the Champions League, he has that pedigree to continue that going on. But uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, it's worrying when a, when a Liverpool... Co- I hope he doesn't take the number nine. That's that's the big thing for me. Don't no, take the number nine. Unless, he, unless the first thing I'd do, if I was Jurgen Klopp, the first thing I'd say to him is, listen, haircut. Right? You can have the number nine. 100% on that. Cut your no. hair. Now, if you take, get rid of the ponytail... You'll do yourself. You can grow it after you score 30 goals in your fourth season, but just for the next 12 months, cut your hair. You'd be grand. Right? And trust me on this one. I'm going to do you a favor here. Go a bit like your man who managed Argentina when Gabriel Ballastute was there and say, no, short hair only, short back and sides. Just for just until you score your first 30 goals, then you can have whatever haircut you want on you then because you've made your own record and nobody's going to say, he looks a bit like him, doesn't he? Massive, massive, massive platforms. Um, and if you're not sure about him, he, he's been known to be able to walk on water. That's how big his feet are. Uh, Pete, um, how did you feel? Two after? reasons. Two reasons I'm not worried at all. Um, the first reason is, I suppose, I mean, from our, all of our perspectives, we always watch players 
who play against Liverpool. He's the one player, I suppose, besides the obvious players like Kevin De Bruyne, when they play against us, every time they touch the ball, they look like a threat. When we played against them, um, I know we were comfortable at stage, but every time we got on the ball against it, I remember just thinking, this is, this looks like a highlight reel. I mean, even the volley at one stage, I remember just thinking, that's ridiculous. And Alison Becker had to pull off a ridiculous save from behind his own body, which, again, only he's capable of. He, I mean, he gave us – it wasn't just a tired of time. But he just looked like the lads were looking at each other going, we cannot deal with this guy. And it's not it, – it wasn't the same as when we played against Minamino because Minamino kind of ghosted in against us a bit like someone like a Lampard does. And that was interesting. But every time this fella got in and around any of us, it was like – we cannot deal with him. That was one reason. The second reason for me is any quote that I've read of top, top players, fellas who's, who don't really do that much talking, the likes of Luis Suarez um, turned around and said, the minute he saw them, he went back to Barcelona and went, we have to sign this guy. He didn't turn around and say, oh, this fella has a future and one to watch. He went to his bosses at Barcelona and went, he could be part of what we have done with Neymar, with Messi, with myself now. And anybody who has been quoted as talking about him, I kind of would listen to the likes of guys like that who recommend to other people. And it seems to be a common thread. And the only drawback I've seen is the fact that he's had two ACL um, injuries already for such a young player. But, you know, big lads get growing pains and take knots. <laughs> but for me... To be fair, I'm glad, uh, Pete, I'm glad he has two ACLs because if he didn't, it's going to have a long way <laughs> off when he comes in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, classic. No, man. I always, I always find it's handy to have two ACLs. Yeah. Good good That's why his medical has taken 24 hours. Now, for me, to be fair, I, I just think two, those two things the fact that, like I said, yeah, when there's very few kind of players that I've seen watching football, that every time they touch a ball, it looks like a highlight reel. Kevin De Bruyne is one. Leo Messi, peak Leo Messi. Ronaldinho is probably the one that sticks out most in my mind. That every time you watch him play, it's just like a highlight reel. He just used to do everything right. And now him, the night he played against us, and we had them well beaten. But every time they just found him, he was just a, he has his bags of pace, his first touch. He's one of those players who can take a ball over his shoulder. You know that window of opportunity you have, but you would you you wouldn't know Phil being a goalkeeper. The mm-hmm. ball comes over your shoulder, you see it for a split second, and you're still able to kill it on the end of your toe. He's one of them. He's one of them. And for me, that with pace, I just think he's going to listen. I'm not going to put figures on. I'm not interested in this of oh, him versus Holland media bullshit. I'm only interested in what he can do for Liverpool. And somebody, a, a lot of my criticisms of us, particularly if you're watching, I don't want to talk about the Champions League final. Force touches in the final early of decisiveness. <laughs> I just think he might so- solve that problem. To be, quite I think you're, I, I think you're wrong there, Red Steve. He hasn't got ten toes. He's got ten <laughs> small canoes on the sides of his feet. Right? <laughs> <laughs> they're only one man canoes because <laughs> they're that big. I've never seen bigger feet in a picture of your life, and it's all, it's mainly because of these pictures where you have Suarez floating around like a ghost in the background. It reminded me of those times of where Rogers used to look up and say, "We're doing a great job, boss," and Bill Shankly used to say, "No." Uh, yeah, I don't know you. I don't know you. Who's your man? Who's your man? Fuck off down there. You, get out of my club, you chance. <laughs> Somebody change the number, will you? This fella keeps buzzing me all the time. I'm just trying to enjoy myself up here. <laughs> Wrecking the shop. Piss off, Brendan. Go up to Celtic there, you'd be grand. Um, so I, I think I think we're all hopeful. Listen, 
when you when you go with um where we are and you 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 think of the next phase of our of our progression. Now everyone's using evolution. I think it's a great euphemism given his name is Darwin. That's I, I didn't yeah. see that. I didn't see that one coming at all. I think it's it's amazing that people have cottoned onto that. It's fan, fantastic. Well done. Well done. Welcome to to one of those. Um, but given where we are and given that Mane is basically going to bugger off to Bayern Munich off the back of this, right? And when you look at the deal, it probably costs about twenty five million quid when it goes for forty, and we we paying sixty five of them. Ultimately, this is a great deal. We've replaced Sadio Mane for twenty-five million. Think about it. That's that's essentially mm-hmm. what, what what we've done here, um, and he's definitely going through the center. Given the, the style, it's gonna it's, it's definitely stylistically we'll see. A, we I don't think we'll see as big a change as we think because Mane has been playing more or less through the middle for the last six months. So if you think it's not gonna uh, out. out Pull out Diaz, not going to pull out Salah. It may give more targets for both Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold's um, cross, and, and that can only be a good thing. But the proof is in the pudding, isn't it? We're in showbiz, baby. That's on a button, baby. Right, Pete, I'm going straight away, going straight away to your loser. Let's rock and roll. Oh, my loser. Um, yeah. I, I, I had my winner primed and in my head. <laughs> I suppose my loser, as as always, well, I, I like to pick on the but you know uh, opponents, opponents in the media and oppo- opposing fans who seem to have lost touch with their calculators and are making up random fees, trying to round sixty four million euros uh, or pounds rather up to one hundred million pounds. Um, I mean, let's not even get into the mathematics of it. It's just the usual. I mean, listen, to be so desperate. And we'll talk about we'll talk about it more when, we're, when I'm talking about my winners. To be so desperate um, to to hang that agenda around Klopp. I mean, Jurgen Klopp is lives so well in the, at the front of people's minds that anything he says. I mean, he's one of the top coaches in the world. If he wants to say in April 2019 that or 2016 that the world has gone crazy, spending 100 million, he can say it. He can say whatever he wants as long as he keeps producing on the pitch. It's amazing to think that there's absolutely nothing to hang around Liverpool at all, other than what Jurgen Klopp says. And then it might appear that he's moving slightly four years later or five years later, even six years later with the times and actually having to concede that you have to invest a little money that you've earned yourself, you know, through a fantastic transfer uh a team that we have and a fantastically run club. But I just, I love, I've really, I'm not into, as you know, Phil, like yourself, I'm not into the transfer madness. I actually like football. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that prefer, you know, the football for them is is the transfer window. For me, it's not. I just can't wait to get back into the green and watch that. But I do enjoy watching opponents and opponents in the media, former opponent, absolutely squirm. And it was funny watching Simon Jordan make a point that, you know, probably be the only one over the last 48 hours to make any sense to talk about, listen, lads, let's get back to reality here. This club is the most effectively run financial institution probably in Europe, <clears throat> if not the world. They're spending what they've earned. And by the way, their net spend is less than 25% of what, <clears throat> you know, Manchester cities and, and you know, the big oligarchs uh, and uh, and uh, oil oil rig clubs are. are, are. So I, I know that boiled a lot of piss as well. It just seems that Liverpool seem to be distancing their opponents. And that's why I'm calling the, them losers, distancing all of our opponents from the realities of what's going on. They look at the... Uh, what's going on and they just add 
30% tax or 40% tax just to suit the agenda. And I love the fact that it really bothers them. Look, I love the fact that Nunes has been talked about for a long time. They all know the ins and outs of the Holland deal that before you even sit down and talk to Holland, you have to put, you had to have put 30 million quid in his father's back pocket, you know, probably another 30 million in his agent's back pocket, then have the Pete, conversation. Pete, Pete, I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you there, right? Because, and the reason I'm going to stop you is, right? You start this, that all, everyone's boiling piss and making up numbers and stuff like this, right? Then you've ended up doing the exact same thing. No, I'm not, not making up. I said, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I was with you when you said about making up numbers and people showing out making up numbers, right? And the make up numbers just starts on the internet when a transfer is being signed because somebody wants to break with how much it's going to cost, right? It's a good point, Phil, but do you not listen? But you made up numbers there. They made oh, no, listen, I, uh, listen, probably. But if you want to I go on a stats think, podcast, I can sort that. But, but you're not I making up think, numbers on this one. I right? don't think. I don't think it was cheap to have a conversation with Haaland's father, his agent, and Haaland himself. Listen, I don't know what the numbers are, but I can't imagine that. Did it's you just made it up. I didn't make it. I don't know what the numbers are, but I can't imagine that it would have been cheap. Listen, it could be a billion de euros, but I can't imagine that it would have been cheap. Apparently, it's 51 for Ireland. Apparently, it's 51 million for the fee, and 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 34 million to the to the agent and his old man. So that comes up to that comes up to 85. But obviously, it's reported by you know from a from a from a pure transfer point of view, 51 million isn't going to get you even close to probably what the top 10 transfer fees. Yeah, Ray. I mean, I look at I look at Spain. I look at what we the clubs here that were at the table. I mean, Barcelona pulled out pretty early. Uh, it was re- reported in the. Are market. you going to make up more numbers now? No, it was reported in the market. Enough. I can only tell you that it's, they weren't at the table. www.mercado.com, was it? No, I'm, I'm just telling you that La Marca, who are pretty usually on the ball when it comes, not figures. Get up the yard, La Marca. They're usually on the, they on the ball. If Barcelona are involved in something, they'll know. If they're not involved, and they knew a couple of months before that Barcelona were out. I don't know what the figures are, neither did they. But only apparently Real Madrid and Manchester City were still at the table. So my point is, Liverpool have done their business, have done their plan, and we'll talk about that later. With lesser, it seems, with a lesser offer to a player like Nunes and got him in the bag. And I just think, instead of looking at, the fact that the fella has expressed a desire to play for us, they've just flipped and, and oh, that's 100 million quid. So that's it. Liverpool has spent 100 million quid. And I love the fact that we've actually distanced our rivals from reality, you know, that they've just gone out and they're just throwing numbers around and all of a sudden it's a 100 million pound transfer. Ray, um, do you want to make up some transfer fees just for the crack? Yeah. What's the title? Isn't it made up fees? Yeah, yeah, and you can just make them up, and then you can say they're real. You can give out with people making stuff, and then say they're real, right? And then say somebody else's are real. One's not a Liverpool player. Go on, make something up. Well, a fella called Paul on Twitter here is uh, giving me some pretty concrete sort of uh, numbers to go by. So I'll I'll just regurgitate those, shall I? Um, the reality is the fee reported for Haaland is considerably less than what is reported for Nunes. The funny thing about Nunes that everyone's now going with is uh, reporting the the fee, including the add-ons 
I, I that, there was a there was a, a thing up on Sky earlier which thrust. Yeah, the asterisks. They finally managed to put an asterisk next to Liverpool. They've been wanting to do it for years with that league that we won. Well, they managed to get an asterisk next to Darwin Nunes' name because they've already factored in the bonuses, which presumably are so easy to earn. It must be. It must be. I don't know. Wear a red shirt ten times. Get on the Liverpool bus five times. And shake Jurgen Klopp's hand. I mean, that, that like that, you know, it, the, the the stuff that's going on is just is is laughable. The reality is, um, Liverpool are running a far more sustainable model, uh, self sustainable model. Sorry, as opposed to what Manchester City are doing. When you factor in all the wages, this the the other important thing here. It, Mane is obviously going off to Bayern Munich to earn substantially more money than he would have earned at Liverpool, substantially more money than we're, we're ever going to be prepared to do under the wage structure. And we've got Darwin Nunes in on a, a wage that won't, I'm sure, I think it's something like, I'll make it up. Um, it's something, and I think it's something in the region of, <laughs> I think it's something in the region of about 160 grand a week, something of that, something of that nature. That's <laughs> 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 uh, according to some other fella on Twitter, um, who's not verified, um, but I think he's got at least a thousand followers. So. <laughs> <Nailed>. <laughs> so we'll take that. We'll take that as gospel uh, at this point. But yeah, we 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 haven't. We you know we've 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 stayed within. The wage structure. Let's not forget, we've got a negotiation still ongoing um, with 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 Mohamed Salah, who really of the two, he he's the one that you 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 want to you know push most of your chips in to try and save um, from leaving the club. Um, so look, sat, you know we 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 we've had to go about this in a way of evolving the team and um, look. At the end of the day, the whole thing around the opposition fan base is it's it's comical to be honest with you. Yeah, it absolutely is. They, for some reason, whenever it comes to a Liverpool transfer, it's 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 it, it gets the most of attention out of anyone. And it was quite ironic that they released the Haaland video today of all days, just as we're in the in the process of doing the final. Um, bits and bobs to secure Nunes. Phil's laughing his head off. I, I'm just like, right, so the, the, there's three things. I thought the original topic was good because it's, it comes down to the fact that people just make up fees to suit their agendas, right? Then Pete goes off on a mad one and starts making up fees to suit his agenda, right? So I didn't even need to go into this at all. Like, I, I could save an explanation on this, right? We are oh, looking yeah, at the yeah. comments. The difference is Hang on, hang on, hang on. Looking at the comments, and Nunes is getting anything from three quid and a packet of potato a week to 400 grand a week and Haaland's packet of potato, right? So ultimately, all these numbers and all these fees are made up by fan bases as an agenda item, even if it's subconscious, to legislate the position they're in. The only reason the transfer fee is, is being paid any heed to at all is because we've been held up 
as this example of a club who's doing it on a sustainable manner and building and building and building success and using techniques to identify strong players coming up and coming. And this seems to break with that model, but it, but it, it, it doesn't. It, it's a continuation. We, we, but hang on, Pete. We spent 70-odd million on um, Van Dijk. We spent loads of money on Alisson. We spent loads of money on Fabinho when we were building the, the, the spine of the team. We spent big when we've needed to spend big. And we always have. We just don't spend big every single season because we believe there's value that's out there. And this doesn't break with it. Every time I come back to this fee, I'm going, when you break it down, we knew we were losing money. Because there's obviously been an agreement before the end of the season, right? They've they've lined it up. I know we're going to talk about succession in a second, but they've lined it up and they've done this the right way. And what they've done with this is they've made the fee that work for the club. So whatever way this is and whatever they, they're prepared to spend, it fits in with the blanket of money they expect to spend across the course of the summer. Um, <clears throat> and in reality, in the same way we talk about Haaland getting 500 grand a week, 20 million for opening his car door, um, <laughs> flying in two hairdressers to live with him to keep his, his locks free for the game and football, we do the exact same thing to fit our agenda because we want to say that they're sports watching and they're sports watching the world and they, and they go mad. And even if they do something right, we just want to see the wrong that's in everything. And you look at United, you know, you're saying, nah, we're right not to spend 95 million, billion, zillion euro on Darwin Nunes. So what we're going to do is we're going to take that money and uh, Frankie De Jong come in here yeah. for 75 million euro. And we're going to say it's 75 million pound and somebody else is going to say it's 90 million pound. So <laughs> Harry Maguire is no longer the most expensive player in the United squad. And that's exactly what's going to happen. And we're all going to make up the fees. And that's the end of that topic. We're in showbiz, baby. <laughs> we're, we're, we're rolling this along <laughs> so <laughs> P your winner yeah. succession planning at Liverpool Football Club you touched on it 50 seconds ago and you're absolutely right and it's funny you know that I, 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 I hark back to the Buvach moment when everybody was like ah club's going to fall apart Buvach is gone you know and all of a sudden you know we've got we're looking at club's number two and we're thinking you know, this fella, this Linders, you know, people aren't talking about Stephen Gerrard and they're talking about, hmm, if Klopp has to go, this guy's ready to take over. You know, and then a year ago, up to six months ago, Michael Edwards was like, what would we do without Michael Edwards? And all of a sudden, Julian Ward seems to have stepped in. Now, I know there was a continuity plan, a good handover between the two. It's not like all of a sudden you're shite, your old news and you're a shiny new thing. But that's all part of succession planning. You can only compare that, compare and contrast actually with what happens at Manchester United, you know, with, uh, uh, with you know, the, the their commercial director and how bloody well stupid he is. It just seems to, even on, the, on and off the park, it just seems to work. I mean, everyone's having a panic. Listen, the only player I genuinely panic about when he, if and when he has to leave is Mohamed Salah because I just think the guy just covers so many bases, not just goals. You know, that I genuinely worry about, you know, people will only really genuinely miss him if and when he goes. And even at that, I think he'll be professional right up to the end. In, in fact, even if he makes his decision at the end of this preseason, I think you'll still see unbelievable guns out, you know, Mohamed Salah, because he's just a machine. Um, but I trust Klopp. And I think it's funny... Ray and I, you and I, Ray, often have this thing on Twitter from time to time. You see people having a pat, and I just say, guess what I'm going to do? I'm just going to trust Klopp. You know, because I'd be honest with you, I'd stick my hand up in the air when Klopp came in forced, and I'll tell you, I remember we were beating at uh, Bournemouth, I think 4-3 in a game we should have won about 5-2. And I remember thinking, I remember saying to anyone that would listen, this guy, Jorgen Klopp, just has one dance a just goes all guns out attack and there's just no tactical planning behind it. 
And then over the next six months, he just proceeded to make me look even more stupid than I already do. So from then, I just went, I'm just going to trust this guy. No matter what he's thinking, you know, if someone has to go, they have to go. If he thinks there's, I don't know, if, if there's a there's somebody with the potential to upset the a- apple cart, albeit over money or whatever else, they have to go. And whatever he brings in you know, on the on the pitch, it'll be okay. The same with Michael Edwards. Michael Edwards, for me, a phenomenon. But at the end of the day, now we're seeing, in the early days, we're seeing Julian Ward has obviously, obviously paid attention to the handover. And like anything, it's just another sign that Liverpool is just a machine of a club. It needed to be, you know, if you think of the state we were in back in 2012, 13 and 14, it needed to be, you know, refit top to bottom. It has been, but it's not just that what they haven't done for me is they haven't went, OK, we're successful now. Let's just make it up as we go along. It's almost it's always about tomorrow. It's everything just seems to be. It's, it's never about today. It's like, OK, next. What's next? What's next? And and I think that's the difference between us and, and others, it's, you know, with other clubs. I, listen, I just don't see the tomorrow plan. And with us, you can see. You know, with the young lad that's come in from Fulham, even with some of the kids that they seem to be nicking from academies here, there and everywhere, a kid from Stoke, um, this kid that they're looking at from from Aberdeen, it just seems to me that it's all about tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. So I've never been more relaxed. And I, I really think, you know, the succession planning at Liverpool, certainly over the last seven, six, seven years, it's just been fantastic and long may it continue. Uh, Dicko. Um, before I cross over, to, I just want to, you know, Pete mentions the players, but the the Edwards to Julian Ward transition is potentially the most, is the biggest um, part of any succession plan we've done. And the outcome of that actually sets the tone for the next 10 years. How big in your mind is that? Is that element? I know Sam put it there, but like, how how, how big in that mind? Like, we're seeing this is Julian, Ed, uh, Julian Edelman. <laughs> Julian Edelman is this something. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of what's there, how how big is is the now this succession of Michael Edwards to Julian Ward? How big is it that that this is just a continuation and an improvement of what was there before? And if we look at his first couple of moves, we've got um, Ricardo Cavallo coming in from Fulham. We've got um, Darwin Nunes that's coming in as well, and then we've got this kid Calvin Ridley or whatever his name is that's coming in from <laughs> uh, from, from Aberdeen. Falcons. Oh, <laughs> Twenty million. <laughs> Calvin, Calvin Harris is coming in as backup right back on uh, 26 million quid a game uh, but how important how important is this part of the succession plan not just about the players going out and the players coming through but all, all the movements that are going on within the club and within the club's hierarchy and structure yeah I mean you know there was a little bit of panic when Michael Edwards kind of um, announced his departure and, and he's been like the darling hasn't he of, of the LFC fan base for a, a, a good few years now so understandably a bit of uh, worry about that um, you know his, his success has come in as Pete said it, it, se- it seems like there's been a, a proper kind of um, sort of phased sort of handover and whatnot here. It's it's been handled it's being handled in a very kind of uh thought out manner. It's it's not just, you know, he's he's announced he's announced he's leaving, he's straight out the door. He's got doesn't want anything to do with the club anymore. I mean, you 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 made a kind of uh, uh, American football reference there by accident, but it, it's it, it's interesting because, you know, you you like I feel uh, follow American football and and 
you know, the one thing, the team that I follow in the NFL, which reached the Super Bowl this year, the one person that keeps getting mentioned time and time again is the, is the, uh, head of player personnel. They don't actually have a general manager. They have a head of player personnel. And he is one of the biggest uh, key ingredients to how, you know, a franchise like that has been sort of turned around on its head and is heading in the right direction. And you can see how it could be sustained for many, many years to come. So the, the players are obviously the, the ones that we see on the pitch and the ones that we get to go and, and, and cheer on or, or, or otherwise, you know, sort of criticise and whatnot when we go to games. But the likes of um, the people behind the scenes that are there and, and, and working alongside Klopp and who Klopp has to trust um, are, are really, really important factors. We all remember the days of the, the dreaded transfer committee and it seemed like when there was, you know, five or six opinions being thrown in. Um, Decisions were getting, you know, were consistently um, wrong, ultimately proven wrong, ultimately. Um, Someone was obviously pulling the power and other people were, you know, there was obviously disagreements there and maybe there was majorities going on and all this sort of stuff. Whereas you just feel like when when we identify and bring in players, whether it's the, you know, the Darwin Nunes end of the scale or the young lads coming in who are at the kind of really beginning of their careers. It, it seems like it's a proper joined up conversation between, you know, someone who's in charge of scouting, you know, the personnel side, the whole kind of background checks. I think the due diligence is there like, like we've never seen before. And, you know, the manager is clearly an important part of that. So, um, I think the the kind of the overall process that's in place here is 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 up amongst the best. I think because let's face it, you know we can. I I don't think the one thing that I think is different for us than Manchester City is we can we can't afford too many of these you know eighty million pound players to be a mistake. You know, Manchester City bought Jack Grealish last season for a hundred million. He's been a flop. Let's let's say as it is, you know, the, 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 they've they've wasted a hell of a lot of money there. But the thing is, for Manchester City, that's of less importance. They can go again. They can go and spend. They can go and get um, Harlands. They can go and buy another hundred million player next season. It's not a problem to them. It's important that we hit on these players and, um, you know, the the track records, you know, there for all to see. So you've got to have confidence uh, now and, and, and moving into future transfer windows. Last point on it, though, the one thing that really does give me confidence is that we very rarely are seen to be panic buying now. If you think about some of the buys and going back to the Andy Carroll thing and how much of a panic buy that seemed at the time, you know, you think back to that window where we were desperate for a defender, and I'm still convinced that Jurgen Klopp thought he bought the the, the, the Tottenham Ben Davies, but that's another story altogether. But we didn't go in and panic at that moment. We'd identified someone to bring in, and we waited, and we got Canate, and we've. You know, okay, we 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 scrape by getting into the Champions League 
you know, through through Alison Becker, Heather probably is just an absolute miracle. But we don't go and panic buy anymore. Even when we were in dire straits, we didn't go out and buy someone for the sake of buying them. Look, as I've been long on record saying, the reason why we've competed is because we've had a phenomenal ability to identify transfers and that the vast majority of those transfers have worked out. And it's, it's, it's a vast difference to what we've put up with for the best part of 15, 20 years before this. Um, think of the, the rotating door that we had when Rafa was there where, you oh, know, by and large for two or three seasons, we got the right big signings right, but then they started to wear away as that went on. Um, so we did, we've had the longest spell of transfer success that I can remember as a fan. Since the eighties, um, and and I just don't know. I, I, I'll explain the headband to everyone. Come to the end, so you can all relax now, right? But uh, it's, it's it's important. It's, so I'm just important. laughing at that comment. Someone said we should assign Kabak for 120 million quid. I know, yeah. <laughs> we did. We did. We spent 120 million loan fee um, on, on Kabak, and and we gave 40 million to in um, Smarties packets to his uncle, who was mad into Smarties, and that's how he, he got him in the first place. Um, but, right, look, from this, when we talk about succession planning, everything everything at the moment is working as a machine. Eventually, something is going to get blocked in the cog. Something's not going to go right, and we'll have to go back to the drawing board. But I think for, in this phase, in this evolution, I think Klopp believes that everything is still in place to allow us to continue to compete and continue for, for this to continue to grow and that he has the right players in, in, in there. Otherwise, he wouldn't have signed an extension. I, I truly believe he wouldn't have signed an extension if he didn't feel that he was going to be capable of challenging over the next two to three years in terms of what's there. And I think this is the next part of this, right? It's the next stage in what's going on. He knew he had to do a squad refresh. This is it. We talked about at some stage the front three would have to be rotated, moved around. And he, they've been gradually doing that. Luis Diaz is one of those pieces. Jose is one of those pieces. And then we have Nunes coming in, who's obviously another part of this piece that says, right, if, if, if Mane goes, we have three new fellas instead of one, right? Now we still have Salah. We have at least Salah for another season. That allows them to go and identify. Do we want another Salah or do we want something completely different again? Do we want something very, very different to what Salah is? Because Nunes in shape is very different to what Mane is. We're in showbiz, baby. We are in showbiz indeed tonight. Right, uh, last topic of the last formal topic of the evening. And if anybody has any other topics about my headband and um, the fact that I look like somebody's nanny, um, Olivier's nanny, and uh, he, everyone has done well, that's fantastic. Uh, Garrett Lawson's worried about me, um, but he should know what I was like growing up. Um, and uh, that we'll, all, we'll come back to that at the end. You're all waiting for the IP vanish uh, drugs. <laughs> this is, this makes sense. Then. Um, anyway, Ray. Your loser of the week. I think this is this was fairly topical when we were talking about this earlier on, but it's probably died a death since then. Nobody gives a shit. But but I think it is a larger point to have when we have this discussion around this. So go on. Yeah, we. I mean, we've been full on Liverpool, haven't we? I mean, but um, this is um, Pochettino's reign coming to an end um, at PSG, um, and um, yeah, I mean, look, he won a, a league title in France last season, but. That, that job is just kind of turned into a, a bit of a poison chalice right now. I mean, you know, it's where managers kind of seem to uh, spectacularly fail, certainly by the standards that PSG are, are, are sort of uh, holding themselves to now. Um, it was it was crazy really watching some of their games, catching some of their games at the back end of last season where they were they were literally being booed by their own fans as they were sort of uh, absolutely walk in the league and and you know even on the night that they were they were clinching the league there was there was very little joy in it and um 
yeah, he's um, obviously there's only one thing now that 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 um, that that club wants, and it's the Champions League, and and that exit against uh, Real Madrid just absolutely soured everything. Um, I mean, look, I mean, who knows? Like the way the way his he's kind of zigzagged around Manchester United, hasn't he? I mean, I I, I still think they would have uh, resurrected themselves. Uh, far more effectively um, if they would have got um, Poch in there personally as opposed to some of the other you know going through Ole and and um, the other fella who, who appeared did I see him appear for Austria on the sideline out of nowhere the other night he's gone to manage Austria yeah. Um, yeah so um, Ralph Ragnick um, I, I seen a funny just on a side note on that I seen a funny comment on Twitter Today, which said uh, basically he was glad that when uh, he, when Klopp was in Ralph's classes, he was glad that he was busy studying other managers instead, um, which I thought was quite funny. But um, look, um, Pochettino, um, it'd be interesting where he lands next. I mean, I guess everyone will now be assuming that he does maybe come to uh, to, to to England, but he just seems to, I don't know, he just seems to be mistiming things with his availability. I mean, there's an argument to be said, you know, he'd probably fit the profile of, say, Newcastle over the next few years, um, given what they're going to be looking to achieve. But obviously, Eddie Howe's in situ and he's done a good job, so it'd be very harsh to sort of uh, to, to, to oust him. Um, uh, I, I suppose... Um, Everton, in theory, if uh, if if Lampard does what we expect um, to, him to do in the first half of the season and get and get the uh, and get the sack, but um, yeah, he's um, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. But um, yeah, God help the next manager who goes to PSG. And I think there was some shouts on here recently that maybe it would be Conte now who. Uh, who uh, jumped ship from Spurs and went over to PSG. So that'll be an interesting watch. Mm. Pete, Pochettino, I've long said, the spoofer. Spoofer. <laughs> Here, he is. Here we go, full-on showbiz, baby. He's a charlatan. He's a spoofer. He's a waffler. He's an average manager at best who got lucky <laughs> at Tottenham Hotspur. And look where he is now. Packing his bags with a massive paycheck. Do you know how much money he got? Do you know how much money he got, P? I'll tell you how much money he got. P. He got a bit, he got more money than Haaland's dad did. That's how much money he got, P. So, uh, Pochettino for um, Juventus, P. What do you think? You know, let's go back to Paris. I mean, anyone that takes the Paris job, I don't, don't. First of all, I don't know why any manager with a reputation, which is why no manager with a real reputation ever takes that job. It's not. It's Paris. Paris. It's the French are funny when it comes to football. If you want passion for football in, in France, you have to go to Marseille, Lens, Metz. You have to go to the cities where where people actually like football. Parisians don't like football. They like <laughs> rugby, and and it's true. If you, you, if you, that, you know the rugby is there. They, they think football is vulgar. So to be quite honest with you, I don't. I, and the only reason anybody takes the the, the Paris job is because it's carte blanche. It's a blank check to go and sign whoever you want or whoever you can attract to PSG and go and have a go at the European Cup. Nobody cares 
in Paris about winning Ligue 1. They don't care about it. Nobody cares about winning the French Cup because Ligue the French Cup is Ligue 1. Nobody cares about it. Zinedine Zidane won't take that job. I'd be shocked if he took it. Because Sexy Zidane... Sexy the world. Ligue 1. Because he knows it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hiding to nothing. There's nothing... Like, when Kylian Mbappé signed another contract for Paris is another, just an indication of who he is. He's just a money man. That's all it is. He's no ambition about be, being a football legend. He just wants, I mean, look at the things they reportedly have given to him. Let's not talk about figures. But for me, I, I mean, Pochettino, you're right, Phil. He's got, he went there and he just thought, all the money in the world, I'll spend what I want and I'll, sure, I'll, my ego will, will get it. Instead of going to Manchester United and doing a real job, to be honest. I'm, and I'm not a fan. I mean, I look, a lot of people thought, oh, well, Jose Mourinho will take that job. Jose Mourinho was not, he's a lot of things, but he's not bleeding stupid. <laughs> he, knows, he knows that there's no point in going to, to, to a place where you can't teach people how to be passionate. Anywhere he's been, people have been passionate about football. Manchester, Inter Milan. I mean, the night he won the Champions League, took his medal off and walked away, was probably, as much as I don't like Inter and I don't really, didn't like him for, it was the most, one of the most passionate things I've ever seen. You'll never repeat that in Paris even if you won the bloody thing, because nobody cares about it. So Pochettino, I agree with you, Phil. For me, he's a myth. Um, and not just because he's won nothing, because and I don't regard winning the, the French Championship as, as winning something, but because, I don't know, you know, anyone can get... Tottenham Hotspur have played fancy football for decades and won very little. You know, the last winner, you know, serial winner to manage Tottenham Hotspur was Bill Nicholson. And, you know, that was when football was in black and white, to be quite mm. honest with you. So, for me, you know, I, I like Tottenham Hotspur, but they don't have the divine right to win anything. If they want to be a shoe-in for the top four, they'll bring Pochettino back. But that's about it. I don't think Pochettino is going to convert anybody. He's not going to go into Manchester United and bring and bring that culture that they think that they have the divine right to have back. You know, I think all of the, the Manchester United have spent billions trying to, you know, play the United way and engender the United DNA. It's all garbage. You know, they'd be probably better off going up to Aberdeen or Glasgow and getting somebody, you know, from a from a working class background and doing it the way they did it before, if that's possible. But all of these, let's get let's get this magician from Argentina, let's get this other magician. That's all rubbish. So for me, yeah, Pochettino will go to Juventus probably and they'll play nice fancy dance football. But Juventus will do what Juventus will do and they'll win Serie A. They won't win the Champions League. So, I think the most important thing that we learned today is that there's big clubs in the world and then there's rich clubs in the world, right? Yeah. I think, that, and Pochettino is, is a prime example of the big clubs in the world and the rich clubs in the world, right? Um, Haaland, we mentioned at the top of the show when Pete was going on about make-up figures and giving out about people make-up figures and the news and make-up figures to prove his point about make-up figures. But Haaland and Pochettino are classic examples of why rich clubs are eventually going to stop being rich clubs because no matter what they do, they are utterly irrelevant, right? The football story today was that Darwin Nunes was signing for Liverpool Football Club, who were a big historic club. It was, Mar- it was Marcelo was retiring from, Man- uh, from Real Madrid. Real Madrid, a big historic club. These were the key footballing stories that were going on about the world today. It wasn't Haaland signing for Manchester City is basically it's it's the strangest sign because they waited so long to announce him 
They announce them on the same day that the Nunes deal gets signed and nobody's paying a blind bit of attention to the fact that they've signed them. Despite all the talk for the best part of five to six months has been where was Alfinger Haaland going to go, right? So, and look, he's gone there. Who knows? Who cares? Nobody's paying any attention. No, literally nobody's paying attention. They even dressed him in a West Ham jersey to see if anybody noticed. And nobody <laughs> noticed. It was, I, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being 100% honest here when, when it comes to it. So when, when it boils back to this, Pochettino is the classic example of what this, <laughs> what this is, is rich club versus big club. And as much as PSG have done an incredible commercial sales pitch by using the Jordan brand and using the Jordan label to become a, a fashion brand, Okay, I'm calling them a fashion brand now as opposed to a football team. They aren't a big club. They never will be a big club. They can sign whoever they like, but they will never be relevant. (laughs) (laughs) They will never, ever be relevant in what's going on because City is the exact same. We go and lose a, a Champions League final. And nobody has been talking about the fact that they've won 100 leagues in a row. Nobody's been talking about them. Nobody has literally been talking about Manchester City and what happened this season, despite what they had to do to win the league ahead of us. Right? Honestly. And this is why managers, players need to learn the lessons. You can go and take the money and take the money. Do what Carrasco did when he was at Atletico Madrid. He went off to China and took 400 million euro in the space of two seasons and then came back, bankrupted the Chinese league and came back to, to and played for Atletico Madrid. Look, it never happened. It was like one of those things. It was like Bobby Ewan in Dallas. He just woke up one day and it was all a dream yeah. and he was back in yeah. Madrid. It was like, this is fantastic, right? But ultimately, when it comes down to it, big clubs make news and rich clubs are secondary headlines when there's nothing else to write about. And that's that's what this is. Pochino should be big news. It's not. There's not even... A, like, people are talking, well, it's a Dan, but it could be um, Mourinho or whatever it is. Nobody cares. Nobody's care- Nobody gives a damn. Nobody cares about what's going on in that club or what's happening in that club outside of people who need to write column inches at some stage over the summertime when it gets really quiet as we head into the dead zone in terms of news and stuff like this. So ultimately... That's what it is. And I think Aunt Dicko pointed out the bigger story tonight is the fact that Powershift FC is on the verge of being sold to an imaginary Peter group. That has, Peter Kenyon wants to buy Powershift FC despite being funded by a bloke who has a net worth of four and a half million. So that is just phenomenal stuff. They had, you know, they had your man, um, the Pokemon fella, Mo Sheary, coming out saying that they put four posts into the sea. Who knows? <laughs> Not verifiable. <laughs> Not verifiable unless you've got it. Unless you've got Hopefully, it. it's funded by crypto. <laughs> crypto is funded by Subcoin. I know, I know, I know. But, but that's it. So, I think it's, it was a great topic, Ray, to finish on because ultimately it ties everything together that rich clubs are irrelevant no matter what they do no matter what they do, and big clubs will always be relevant. And that's why the European Super League needs to push on. And if they win their court case soon, we could have a European Super League to talk about, and that would be great for the whole summer time. We're in showbiz, baby. We are indeed. Uh, it's right, we're on to the random part, so there's been a few things. So I'm gonna, let me let me do something very quickly before, because it'll cover off what we're going to do. You've all been asked about the headband, because obviously normally I have my beautiful locks of hair on this on show every week instead of this headband. Why have I got the headband on? This says Gale Forest Connemara, right? I'm running that on July 23rd. 
Um, it's 32 and a half kilometers of an adventure race. There's a, there's a run up a mountain and down a mountain. And then I cycle around the mountain and then a canoe in between the mountains, right? And um, why am I doing it? Because basically we haven't hit our target yet for Failicon. So what I want people to do out there, right? And if they can, especially ones who have loads of money, anyone that's listening from a rich club, yeah. got loads of money and he's have nothing to left to do with it, right? Um, what I want is I'm going to try raise a hundred kilometer for each kilometer, a hundred euro for each kilometer I do, which is 32, which is 3,250 euro, which more or less gave, gave, gave very close to his 10 grand goal, right? Um, but I'm not doing, I'm, there's no new links. There's no new sponsor cards. There's no nothing. There's no nothing, right? It's going to be that Failicon link. And I just want, where if people can, just go in and donate the money, right? I'm hitting up the fan. I'm going to hit up everybody. That's why I'm going to wear this headband tonight. And I'm using the wrong finger. There, there we go. This headband tonight. And then I'll find other things to wear over the next couple of weeks until I run it. But I want the money. I want the money for Failicon. It's, it's too good of a charity for us not to, to get them over the line. It's too good for what the lads have done with the golfing. And it's too important for lots of people out there that we, we help these. So, um, until you get me there, until we get that money up, I'm going to wear headbands and stuff, anything I can find, even wigs. I don't really care, right? So I'll wear anything on at this stage, but that's what I want to do. And that's when I'm doing it. So July 23rd, that's when I'm doing my bit for what the lads have done after the fantastic golf piece that's coming on. And yes, Tom Boland, I am, I, I do go, I do sing when I'm running up the hill and I do sing along to Kate Bush and I'll sing along. I'll, I'll take a video record and I'll do videos and I'll put them up here if we have to as well. I don't care. I'm willing to embarrass myself on this beautiful uh, medium for the, for good causes. And that's what it's there to do. And then of course, I also want to say, um, well, to, to everyone else that's out there, the, there's the, uh, Gav, I'll do the IP vanish thing at the end of this, but I just, I just want to put that across. That's why I'm wearing the studio. Wearing up the mountain today. So, um, uh, enjoyed it and I've washed it and it smells lovely. It smells really nice. It has pine needles and everything sticking out the back of it because I accidentally got lost on the run and I ended up trying to find my way back down. I ended up running down a mountain bike track instead of the natural pathway. Um, and that was fun because, uh, it's definitely different running down as opposed to cycling down. Anyway, um, that's been where we are. So anyway, updates, world games starts on the 7th of July. We're almost there, right? So two sports I want to discuss tonight. Dick, I want to see if you can figure these out, right? Um, this is what it is. I want you to, I want you to imagine what this is. It's frisbee, but it's frisbee with teams. Okay, it's frisbee okay. with teams, and it's it's. I can't remember the name. It's disc ball. That's what it is, right? So basically, you get two seven-a-side teams on a football pitch, and the lads have to throw the frisbee into the end zone, and somebody has to catch it in the end zone. Very simple, but it's absolutely amazing. I've been been standing there watching it for about four hours, watching this these games and getting engulfed in the thing. Mixed teams as well, men and women. In the teams, so it's 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 not a sexist sport. Um, so I, I'm assuming it's open to all, uh, whatever you want to identify with, because there's no there's no rules on who can and can't go into. It. So that's great as well. So that's it's an all inclusive sport in terms of this. This ball, <laughs> this ball. <laughs> that's Gav. That's Gav from heaven. Hi, Gav. Am I doing a good <laughs> job, boss? <laughs> I fucking no. adore the world games. I really do. <laughs> So it's a seven on seven, and they're throwing the frisbee like it's uh, you know a ball, American football, for example, and you've got to compete to catch it in a in a in, in a specific zone. area, yeah, in an end zone. The, type the of trick area. is when you catch it though, you have to yeah. you can't run, you can't run with it or anything like that, right? You have to catch it in the end. Zone. Do you know what I mean? So when you okay. throw it, so I also throw it to Pete. Now Pete, if he caught it, he couldn't move. He has to stand there, couldn't and then he advance. has to throw it. He couldn't advance the frisbee. Yeah, you can't move with the frisbee. Is there any VAR? I don't know. <laughs> Mentioned earlier on with the VAR, it's going to be a bit of a pain in the arse for Darwin Nunes and his feet because he's going to be off. 
<laughs> he's going to have to start on the halfway line and have the lads on the 18 yard line that's a big sweet anyway um, I think my internet's gone f- uh, funny I think I'm in yeah you've downgraded have you Phil yeah I've downgraded it's the head <laughs> um, right so that's frisbee the other part is dance sport dance sport this is and that's the name I was like what's dance sport um, so dance sport is essentially strictly come dancing with medals right so they have ballroom dancing but they also have and this is for Andy because I remember Andy telling us a story years ago in the bunker and I can't remember if it was on the pod or not but uh, there's a break dancing competition as well in it right and that's what I've, I've watching it and the lads do but they have a, they have like it's not just a random break dancing you have to have a dance off so this it's like this um, the joy upon joys I cannot wait until the war games start I'm so hyped up for it it's the best thing in the whole world it's better than anything that you can pop sport I'll do dance sport. If you get me over the 3,250 euro mark, I'll do dance sport live on the podcast some night. Right? I'll do a warm. There you go. Two stepping. Two stepping. That's Two stepping. about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Red Steve, you said throwing a frisbee and not running. I could be a sports. You have to run to get into position. You can't just stand there. Right? <laughs> Playing statues. Red Steve thinks he's the Ann Mulby of frisbee. He's <laughs> just yeah. going to stand um, in the middle. But how's he going to catch it? You know what I mean? The Give the ball controller. to Do you reckon Thiago be quality of Frisbee? He, you know, he, like, he kicks it like a Frisbee. Legendary. Yeah, Alison would. He'd be quality at the Frisbee as well. So that's it. Um, lads, anything else you want to bring up on winners and losers this week? Fixtures out on Thursday. I thought yeah. they came out today. No, Thursday. Well, there was leaks today, which uh, I uh, I would not trust at all. If you're thinking of booking any trips on the back of those so-called leaked fixtures today. Um, I think he'll be sadly disappointed. There was a, there was, you know, back to the American football, there was an account set up there, which was, I think it was called something like NFL fixture leaks. Mm. It managed to get 10,000 followers in, in a very quick space of time. It was leaking individual fixtures, which were completely made up, you know, saying this is going to be a game on Thanksgiving day and such and such. And, um, you know, people are actually booking flights and stuff off the back of this fake account. And then and obviously the fixtures come out and it's an, an, an absolute steam and pile of shit. So just a word of warning. If, you, if you're thinking of booking your Ryanair flights off the back of these um, fixtures, that I mean, there's even a full set of fixtures on an international weekend. So if that doesn't give the game away, um, I don't know what will. Yeah, exactly. Listen... They probably were the real fixtures, and uh, they've leaked the little bollocks. We'll have to hit the computer button again. You know, you know the, ran- the randomizer. <laughs> yeah, hit the randomizer. Yeah. Do you ever see the 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 length of time they take to make the NFL? Because like, and they don't do programs like this in the Premier League, and it's 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 a shame, right? But they a whole documentary on how they come up with the season's fixtures. Remember, this is a league that each team knows who they're playing about three years in advance. So it's not yeah. like they don't know who. It's just the yeah. order that they play the teams in. Like it's yeah. literally just the order that people employed full time to come up with different versions of the fixture list. Right? Eastern and Conference, then, all that. Yeah, and, it, and it, then Roger Goodell comes down and goes, "Let's have a look." <laughs> so <laughs> puts a huge board in front, not a computer, a huge board in front of him, going, "What do you think?" 
almost there. To, just try it again, right? Yeah. <laughs> and goes back <laughs> up, and he's doing the whole thing. I was just thinking, you just know, you just know, Roger Goodell has come down loads of times. He's never looked at those fixtures, and he says, if I tell him straight away, you've got that nailed, right? Yeah, he's he's not going to believe me. Think there's something, there's something wrong. So he's just saying three or four times. Yeah, I like that combination. I like, yeah, keep that combination and do and, and then, but just try do something over here again, and that's what it is. I'd love to do them the Premier League and do it. Right, and then then do it with the the with the television cameras on. Imagine the amount of fixes and and stuff that will go up. It'd be immense. It'd be immense. Oh, reality. Up. I mean, there would never be a day like it if there was a documentary on how the fixtures were kind of decided, and if there was some like last minute swap arounds. And yeah. oh my god, there'd be absolute uproar. It would be absolutely it'd be brilliant. But, um, but the madness of that, Pete, is that we we don't want like. You want the fixtures to be spread out well, and you want you want like weekends where there's lots of really top matches on, right? But then getting that, you have to accept there's going to be week- weekends where it's Burnley versus Brighton, and it's um, Haversham versus West Brom, whoever's in the Premier League next year, who knows, right? Then it's yeah. um, Middlesbrough against Terry Venables, and you have those fixture weekends, right? Where where you go, this is like, and then they, then sometimes throw up deadly games. So it's just like for me anyway. I don't think the, like people getting like it's the same teams. You're going to play them twice over the course of the season. So unless they open the season with you playing the top six from last year or the top seven from last year or whatever it is, all away from home, like it's you're going to end up getting them in some form or some pattern. Like it doesn't really make a difference. It's a, I suppose the only bit of the season that really has any real bearing is the run in. So if you take that eight, that run of games from April through to the end of May, right, and that period over the Christmas time, and that's not there this year because the World Cup. Is on. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's going to break it all up. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, look, home game first would be nice, just just to uh, just to get us back on a in in the swing of things. Um, and as you say, the thing you look at is your first game, your last game, where the derby is, where Man United is, and I suppose now we have to look at where Manchester City is. But it's ne- it's never the fair. That's the funny thing. You're going back to your point about um, these clubs that are. Not the famous clubs, the, the the almost irrelevance. I mean, how many people will be looking to see when Man City are on their fixture list first? It's not no, no one. Liverpool at Anfield is the first one you'll look for. Liverpool Teams won't even know when to play Manchester City this year because I told you they're all dressed up as West Ham. Which is <laughs> West Ham nineteen ninety four jersey. It's it's awful. It's it's hilarious. It's like a it's like a knocked off Oasis t shirt. Remember the blue Oasis t shirt from nineteen ninety seven, right? That's what the that's what the jerseys look like. It's yeah. a terrible looking thing with with, with West, crazy, West Ham next. They'd be playing and they make up some name. Do you remember do you remember West Ham changed the name of Upton Park to the Amberlin Ground for the last yeah. three weeks and yeah, Spy yeah. kept referring to the Amberlin and everyone's like where, where are they talking about? It's Upton Park. It's been Upton Park for the last 100,000 years, right? It was exactly. Anne Boleyn. Like, the, the last time we saw Anne Boleyn, we were watching The Tudors on, on BBC Two. Like, it's not real. This isn't real. So what will they call... Um, where did Manchester City play? Who cares? No one cares. That's the problem. They're not a big side. Even oh West God. Ham's a bigger side than them. They make up teams for things. World Cup and Qatar piffed. Uh, no one the FA before us to play our game during the World Cup. Grant! Because we've got loads of players not going because they didn't qualify. That was an order yeah. from Klopp as well. It was brilliant. Don't turn up and, yeah. and, and don't fail. lose. Fail is that stupid, irrelevant international game. Fail. Fail. <laughs> I know. Keep, keep an, eye out, an eye out for Michael Obafemi. He's the next, um, he could be the next Sadio Mane down there at, at Southampton. With an absolute thunder rocket. Tony Yavoa rocket at the weekend, Phil. No? Against, against Craig Gordon Craig in goal for Scotland. It was, uh, it was an impressive goal um, at the end of the day. Um, and it was, it was, it was an impressive appearance by him. And he also did a lovely little chipped pass 
into some other player and um yes. yeah and it was a lovely it was a very manly like pass from the end of the season as well so i'm just throwing it out there because it's the first time i watched an international match in donkeys because i was trying to entertain children um so yeah so that's it that's been the show don't forget to use ip vanish they're four and a half out of five on the google um reviews um, use, use the use the code that gav gives out on all the other shows um maybe gav will just say what the code is and you get a discount and they're the best uh ip vanish people around um, and ip vanish at ipvanish.com it is of course ip vanish I'm really <laughs> <going to do. laughs> that's show business that's show business, baby. We're in show business, <laughs> baby. <laughs> that's been a show. Good night. God bless. I'm Phil. That's Pete. That's Dicko. We're out of here. <laughs> Sports Social Podcast Network.